Hello everyone, welcome to Birdcast, the only podcast recorded inside a live aviary. And today, Birdman Dad's away, so we're going to be filling in for him. Hello everyone, and thanks for listening in again this fortnight to Birdcast. Obviously I'm not Birdman Dad. Anyhow, I'm sorry first up if I don't sound 100%. Um, like most other humans around the world, I have also succumbed to COVID-19 and I've not been long out of isolation. So if I sound a bit nasally or snuffly, I apologise and I have great empathy for everyone else around the world who have also suffered with COVID-19. So today we're going to talk about in Birdman Dad's absence about plants. Plants that you can put into your aviaries if you have a planted aviary or into your aviary if you want to put a pot in. If you have say like suspended aviaries. My Naretha parrot aviaries are semi-suspended so I often put potted plants in the suspended part because that's open to the sun and obviously plants need sun to grow so if you have a suspended or semi-suspended aviary or even a conventional aviary that has access to sunlight uh, these are some of the plants that we use and also plants that we put around our aviaries as food sources or as shrub for putting into nest areas or just for general enrichment for aviary birds or companion birds because obviously companion birds need some natural mental stimulation and in the wild a bird would spend the grand majority of its day foraging for food. So these are just some of the things that we grow around our aviaries and in our aviaries because some of our finch aviaries are planted. Uh, In general, I just want to say, in our garden, we do not use conventional sprays. So we don't use poison sprays. And of course, if you're going to give foliage for foraging, for food to your birds, or to put into their nesting boxes or nesting sleeves. You don't want to be spraying anything on your plants in the period of exclusion that's on the manufacturer's instructions on the bottle. Some of them, some of the sprays that are sold have very, very long acting poison ability. So things like confidor which is like systemic so it lasts a very long time in a plant you really need to either not spray those sorts of things in your garden if you're going to use them in your aviaries and for your birds or you need to be very very aware of the length of time that that poison's acting in the plant but basically we don't use poison sprays in our garden or on our plants for any reason we actually use more tonic sprays that are made up of natural ingredients like garlic one of those is like betabug happy roses tonic those sorts of things so they're actually not man-made poisons so just have to be sensible if you're going to give your birds something to eat you don't want it sprayed
So, as a gardener, as such, we have some plants we use frequently in our aviaries that we don't actually purposefully garden. And a lot of those, a grand amount of those, are what would be termed weeds. So the weeds that we use regularly to either put in our bird aviaries for, say, finch nesting material or for parrot food sources are things like dandelion, chickweed, winter grass, wild oats, velt grass, finger grass, which people also call crabgrass. Um, the real scientific name is digitara. And sow's thistle, which real name is sonchus. So the thing with weeds is weeds are great. They have a lot of vitamins and minerals in them. There's a very big movement in Australia at the minute, uh, wild foraging, where people actually go out and forage for weeds and eat them themselves or take them home and cook them to eat. Well, weeds are very valuable nutritional vitamins and minerals. But I always say to people, you can't necessarily feed your bird the same weed day in, day out, because some of them do have a toxicity level and you just need to be aware of that. For example, the dandelion. You wouldn't be able to feed your bird, your companion bird, although they'll love it, um, or your aviary birds 24, 7, 365 days of the year dandelion. It would make them sick. So you need to be a little bit considerate of these things and just be sensible and rotate regularly. Just like us, birds get bored with eating the same thing day in, day out. And variety keeps them interested and keeps them active in their brain. Dandelion's a great food source. It has various stages of its development that the birds just love, like the little thistle seeds, the stems, the flowers. So just give them the, a dandelion every now and then. They'll eat the whole thing, but don't give it to them every single day of the year. Some of these things, of course, only grow seasonally unless you've got them in a hothouse, which we don't. We just let these pop up in our yard and then we harvest them. Things like chickweed and winter grass, wild oats and belt grass obviously have seasons and the seed heads come out seasonally. Obviously, winter grass comes out in winter. So rather than poison your lawn, you can actually go around and pick it out your lawn, which is often where it grows. And the little seed heads, your finches particularly, I mean parrots love them too, but finches particularly just love. Very nutritional. So if you see weeds pop up and you're not 100% sure, and a lot of people aren't, and I don't have a problem with that, but there are some really good cheap resources available to people in Australia via the South Australian Avicultural Society. Many years ago, the society put out two little booklets and they sell them under a Bird Keeping in Australia publication. I know Birdman Dad has spoken and done a separate episode on one of these books and what's well, really a booklet and it's called What Seeding Grass Is That? The Bird Keeper's Pictorial Guide 
to seeding grasses. It's a great little booklet in that it has a photograph of the particular plant at different stages of its life. It also gives you photos of the seed heads. It tells you something about the plant, how big it grows, what to look for, if it's annual or perennial. And it also has a little star rating. And the star rating is quite useful for bird keepers in that it gives you the nutritional value to a bird. So say for example, one of the, the weeds as such, seeding grass weeds, might be like winter grass, which is actually a poa. A poa is a scientific classification of grasses. Poa has a five star rating, which means it's extremely nutritional for your birds. Compared, say, to like another favourite of mine, wild oats, that only has a three star rating. So when you're giving these things to your birds, at least you have an idea of which ones to maybe spend your time harvesting if you're short on time. Obviously, again, some of these are seasonal. So if you can't get, say, winter grass in summertime, which you won't unless you've actually got it in a hothouse, you can go out and find other grasses, say like the African feather grass. And although that's less nutritional for your birds, it's still a food source and a good foraging mental activation activity for your birds. So it's a great little booklet, relatively cheap. Um, you contact the South Australian Agricultural Society to purchase it. If I said it's $15, it's somewhere around there. It's not an expensive book at all and it's a great little resource, particularly if you don't know a lot about your weeds in your area. Be aware though, if you're collecting these things from roadside and other people's gardens, you need to be aware of the poison sprays that may have been used. So you have to be very certain that you're not going to an area, if it's not at your house, that's just been sprayed with a herbicide. The other little booklet that the same society put out, the South Australian Agricultural Society, is a booklet called is it safe? The bird keeper's pictorial guide to safe and poisonous plants. Now, although not specifically just about plants that grow like weeds, it also includes other plants that you commonly find in a garden or vegetables that people grow that are or are not safe for birds. For example, English ivy the one that grows all over people's houses. That is not a good plant to let your birds have access to. So in this little booklet, Is It Safe? It shows you a picture of this plant, several different pictures of this plant, its name, its real name, and what problem your birds will have if you feed it to them. On the upside, they also have a list of fruits and green vegetables that are considered safe for birds. Again, little pictures for them. Um, they have some weeds in there, but also they have the vegetables. So in there you'll find smooth sow thistle, one of our birds' favouritest foods, the sonchus, 
It's often called milk thistle or just called thistle itself. And they give you several little pictures of it so you know what you're looking at. Again, very, very cheap little booklet. Uh, it's accessible internationally if you want it and you're prepared to pay for the postage. And you can order it by contacting the South Australian Agricultural Society and we will put that contact detail in the show notes. Great, great little booklets. I've had them for years. Can't recommend them highly enough. Very helpful when you're first learning about which weeds and plants are, are beneficial to your birds but also not poisonous. So weeds in general, great source, easy like weeds are. It's very hard to kill them unless you poison them or dig them up. So for most people who are not gardeners and not interested in gardening, they are a really great easy source of extra food and nutrition for your birds. Plus, really importantly, they give your birds great mental stimulation because they allow your birds to keep foraging just as they would naturally. Okay, so now moving on to plants that I purposely grow to either provide enrichment activity for my bird's mental stimulation and well-being or food sources, additional food sources or to place into things like nesting sleeves for finches and smaller birds. So these are things I actually grow from seed, buy as little plants and grow up or actual go to a nursery and buy a plant and plant it in the ground. So my first one is roses. I stick to miniatures because they're easier for me to maintain. I only have a few, but uh, I particularly want them for the rose hips. So when the rose hips are beautiful and orange, they are very, very high in vitamin C. In fact, I think they're one of the highest sources of vitamin C that's known in the plant kingdom. And I will snip them off when they're beautiful and orange and feed them to the narethas. Now, obviously, a little finch is not about to crack a rose hip. So if you want to feed rose hips to your finches, you're going to have to cut it up. But the Narethas love them, as do the Western Rosellas. They absolutely love them. They'll chew them up for days. Very good vitamin C source for them. I then grow a whole heap of greens. And for a lot of the birds, the Narethas included, and the Rosellas and the Scarlet-Chested Parrots, I will actually put them in a pot, put them into their aviary in the suspended part of the aviary and they can chew away on them to a point. I rotate the pots out regularly because as you know parrots will decimate a plant in a day. So you don't want to kill your plant, you just want to give them the opportunity to eat it and forage in it and then take it out. Obviously I stick to smaller plants on the suspended part so that I can move them in and out easily and so that they can just have enough but not let them overeat it. So the greens that I use regularly are the endive or chicory plant which is like a little green lettuce plant, the pak choy, the Asian pak choy plant, weeping tagasti or lucerne plant so that's like um not a big bushy one, it actually weeps down. All the birds eat that, finches included. Slav cabbage, which is the original plant form of the 
brachia plant, the broccoli plant sort of thing, the original version of it. Then I use grasses, in particular panic grass, the urahata. I'm assuming most people know that that is. That gets a nice seed head on it. Um, the powers, any of the powers, wild sorghum, which in the wild in Australia is what many finches live off. But I find that every single bird in our aviary loves wild sorghum seed heads. So out in the wild, obviously, it's a native Australian plant. It would grow and at times of the year, the birds would come in and eat these naturally. Um, obviously, this is not a common plant you would find in a nursery. So things like endive and chicory I buy from local seed people who harvest their seeds and they're like gardeners. The wild sorghums and some of the powers, which are the grass plants that many, many finches in particular use for nesting or for eating the seed head, I actually access those through a seed company, an Australian seed company called Nindathana. I will put that in the show notes for you so you can find it. They're a fabulous native Australian plant seed bank. You buy seeds off them, you have to obviously grow them up. They don't sell actual plants. Another plant that I grow all the different varieties of is the saltbush. So the Atriplex family, but I also grow what is called the creeping saltbush, which is the Rigodias. So they are all native plants from Australia, and obviously Narethas. Naretha means saltbush in indigenous local language where the birds are from. So you don't have to put that too far into understanding that Narethas in the wild would eat saltbush both the leaves, the seed heads, they love the stems. So I give them great variety of different types of Atriplex saltbush plants from Old Man Emu saltbush through to the ruby saltbush berries and they love them. I will admit ruby saltbush is more challenging to grow where I live than any of the others but they enjoy it and they love it and eat it all up. So clearly it's a plant that these parrots are well used to and in general I will buy old man saltbush either from seed from Nindathana or you can pick them up now quite easily in a lot of the native plant nurseries or the wildflower societies so my local ish wildflower society in western Australia here is the northern suburbs branch of Wildflower Society of WA. They operate at a Lansdale Farm School a um, couple of days a week. They grow only local West Australian plants and I've bought saltbush from them. Another plant is the bluebush which also grows out where the Naretha lives, their homelands are. It's mostly saltbush and bluebush and then you have your acacias out there so they're very very hardy plants they're very very easy to grow do not like have to fertilize them or anything much they actually just prefer sand so easy plant and they grow quite large if you want them to then i have some exotics that i grow in particular rosemary 
I grow rosemary because our natural ground here is quite poor and the little finches love to sit in it, hide in it, nest in it. They don't necessarily eat it. I have fed it to the parrots before. They do nibble on it. I wouldn't say they eat it a lot, but we grow it more for habitat for finches. Then we grow a whole variety of native plants, the ones that we grow in the aviaries, and some because they tolerate the shade a little bit better, but the ones in the aviaries are things like the algenine, like the native Australian hibiscus. It's a softer, mushier stem. The finches actually chew it up, but it tends to survive in our poor soil. Uh, and limited obviously sunshine so it tends to grow quite well the other one we grow in the actual aviary is the she-oak they're not as brilliant they prefer to have sunshine but we have got a few she-oaks growing in there just small ones and again the finches will actually chew them so there's obviously something in them that they prefer Outside, around the aviaries, we grow a whole variety of grevillea, both West Australian and Eastern States types. We grow melaleucas, both Eastern States and West Australian types. I'll put some photos up on Birdman Dad Instagram and Reddit and also Facebook pages, just so you can see some of the plants we grow. Uh, bottle brush is another one, Callistamons, is another plant that we grow around the aviary, not in the aviary itself. And we trim off various parts of that plant at various times of the year, from nuts to flowers to stems. Never underestimate flowers. All birds love flowers to eat. You just have to be aware of which flowers are toxic and which flowers are not. Hence why, again, I recommend that little booklet, Is It Safe?, the Bird Keeper's Pictorial Guide to Safe and Poisonous Plants. But in general, if you stick to grevilleas and melaleucas and calistimons, which are all native Australian plants, so bottle brush, you know, grevillea, and the like paper bark trees, in general, you'll find that you will not have a problem with birds eating flowers. They love to eat flowers. Of the bigger trees, if you have space, it's dependent on where you live in Australia, but obviously we're in Western Australia, so we have around us things like Mari trees, Jarrah trees, various acacia trees, Banksia trees, all the flowers, nuts, stems, the birds will love as an enrichment option. All I would say is when you have caged birds, again, you need to be a little bit thoughtful and think, if I give this bird a massive amount of eucalyptus branch to chew, every day they will end up with a stomachache because you know how st like strong eucalyptus oil is. So you just have to be sensible. Rotate the plants. Don't feed the same plant over and over again to your birds. Be very, very conscious of what sprays are being used in and around the plants that you're going to give to your birds. But also see great value in the plants that you can have in and around your aviary. So I hope you found that interesting. I hope that 
for some people I've provided some information they didn't know before. I can certainly assure you our birds benefit greatly from having various plants in their aviaries and in their diet and you can never underestimate the value of good quality non-toxic weeds. So thanks for listening. Please remember that BirdCast are running their only and very first competition and that this competition will close on the 1st of August. It's a very simple competition. You just go onto any of their social media pages, Facebook, Reddit, Instagram, even they have a YouTube channel, Birdman Dad, and just put a little brief message explaining what is the perfect solution to birds dying on glass. And here is another very big hint. It is all to do with that birds see UV and humans don't. So how can we make glass, new glass safer for birds using the idea of UV? It's really easy. I've just about told you the answer now. But I just want to help a few people out because a few listeners have contacted us and they said they're not really sure what we meant. So the prize is there, up for grabs. Anyone who has a postal address in Australia, we will post it to you, is a brand new book from the author, Dr. Daniel Clem, who is the world authority on bird death as a result of windows and glass or plastic in the form of windows. He's written many, many, many articles over decades and now we know that glass is a massive killer, particularly residential glass, much higher than what we ever thought. So he wrote a book about this, about the problem, how they resolved it and what solutions there are and there is plenty of solutions. If you're not sure about them, go back. There's three or four podcasts in Birdcast about this problem. Everyone can help fix it. Um, So this is the prize. Dan Clem, Dr. Dan Clem, has written in the books and signed them. So in the future, they will be valuable. If you want a copy, we have two copies up for grabs. And all you have to do is, like I said, get onto the socials and leave a little message about what would be the solution to new glass to make birds and people happy. So basically, if you want to win one of these very limited signed books, get your entry in. Now, also, next fortnight, it is the Birdcast founder's last birthday as an underaged person. So we will not be back next fortnight. We will be back on the 5th of August and we will also have awarded the bird book prizes by then. So I hope you have a lovely few weeks. If you get bored or lost not having Birdcast to listen to next fortnight, please go back and listen to one of the previous episodes and we will be back again on Friday the 5th of August. Thanks for listening. Bye. Alright everyone, now remember, you can check us out on our Instagram, birdman underscore dad. Check us out on YouTube, birdman dad. Send us an email, 
goosemancayet at gmail.com. Make sure to check out our YouTube channel. You can watch us in our upcoming video that will be coming up soon, going through our aviaries and just giving an update. All right, everyone. See you later.